The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. What are the most successful change leaders of today doing that makes them stand out? Welcome to Inside Transformational Leadership. Our program is produced by the Institute for Transformational Leadership at Georgetown University. We'll explore the inner game of transformational leadership, sharing insights from renowned leaders and faculty from our world-class leadership and coaching programs. Now, from Georgetown University, here is this week's host. Good morning. Thank you for joining us. I'm Leanne Worcester-Nacy, and I'm a faculty member here at the Institute for Transformational Leadership and your guest host. Our topic is group and team coaching from the inside, and my guest is Holly Williams, who is a leadership coach, an entrepreneur, an author, and a faculty member here at the Institute. So welcome, Holly. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing great, and I'm just really happy to be here with you. Well, we're so pleased that you could join me. And before we dive in, though, I want to share a bit about your background for our listeners. So Holly's been coaching individual leaders and teams and groups for over 15 years, and she's got a unique approach to team and group coaching that she wrote about in a book entitled Being Coached, Group and Team Coaching from the Inside. She's also on the faculty here uh, at the Institute in the Leadership Coaching Program, where she serves as a mentor coach to students who are learning the art and craft of coaching. I find Holly to be a wise, experienced coach. She's got a great sense of humor and an easy-going, down-to-earth presence. So I know we're going to learn a lot from Holly today, and I know we're going to have some fun in the process. So, Holly, thanks again for joining us. Thank you. It's a thrill to be here. So let's start out the way we do with, with all of our conversations by hearing a bit about your story. So would you tell us your journey and how you got into this work of coaching groups and teams? It's a great question and one that, um, depending on where I am in my perspective looking back, I notice different things. And when I was thinking about the conversation today, I realized that when I started working with leaders, I was working with intact teams, that's teams with the leader as part of the group, and we were using drama improv as a way to, uh, for people to connect and communicate better and be more authentic. About that time, I started coaching, and coaching was a wonderful thing that um, in the beginning, for me, was about executive coaching with leaders one-on-one. And during that process of learning to coach, and Georgetown was a part of my journey, I wanted to figure out how you could take how coaching works with individual leaders, the leader's accountable for his or her development. A lot of the work happens when the coach isn't there, and it's very much based on who the leader is at the moment and their vision of where they could be. So how could you take that, how leadership coaching works, 
and have that happen in a group. So that was really the genesis of group coaching and team coaching for me was could you get the elements to work the same in a group and what would happen when you had a group of leaders versus just the coach with one executive or one leader. Okay, that's great. So that takes me into this, 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 the distinctions a bit. Can you make some distinction between there's individual coaching, there's group, and there's team? So how do you think about those three things? Okay, well, you know, I think everybody's ideas are evolving all the time. But how I look at it, the definition I use for individual coaching is basically a one-on-one relationship between a leader or executive and a coach that's focused on that individual's development. For group coaching, I like to think of a group of leaders who have a similar interest in that they want to develop as leaders and build their capacity as leaders, but they don't necessarily work on a, on a team together and report to the same leader. And then finally, for an intact team and team coaching, it's the leader of a team and his or her direct reports who are engaged together on a team. So they're colleagues on a team together. And the thing, I guess, that's in common for all three of these ways of working with leaders is that, in my mind, what really is the foundation is what each leader wants to develop and how they want to build their leadership capacity. So that's a foundation for the team coaching, for the group coaching, and also the individual coaching. Perfect. Got it. Makes really good sense. Thanks for walking us through that. So um, if I'm an organization and I'm thinking about group coaching as a possibility, how is that different from your standard leadership development cohort program? You know that it might be 6 to 12 months. It's for a group of leaders in an organization. They come in together once once a month, um, and they have some sessions where they maybe learn some content and they um, coach each other and they share their own insight into their learning and development. So you've got group coaching and then you've got this leadership development cohort program model that is quite popular. So when you, can you do some comparison on, like, here's what's the same, Leanne, and here's where it's different? Sure. First, let me say that I am a big fan of any cohort-based learning because I actually believe that we learn um, not only by experiencing and doing, but other people's experiences. So I think cohort-based um, leadership development is a, is a great um, way for leaders to build their capacity. I would say the biggest difference um, between group coaching and a typical cohort-based program is twofold. First, as I mentioned earlier, each leader has an opportunity through one-on-one coaching to develop a leadership coaching plan. And those plans from each of the leaders are the foundation of the program. So that means that the program is not necessarily content-based. It's really leadership-based. So um, most cohort programs are content-based, and group coaching is really based on what the leaders want to develop. I think the second big distinction is 
in most um, leadership development programs, there's some sort of training component or transfer of knowledge component that looks like what we're familiar with in terms of instructing or teaching or training. Mm -hmm. And in group coaching, that just doesn't happen. The content is what the leaders discover in between each of the sessions. And they're guided by common interests and what the group wants to develop. And there are models and tools that are used in the group coaching that may be similar to some models or tools used in a leadership cohort program. But really, as in uh, individual coaching, executive coaching, the coaching is driven by the curiosity and interest in development from the leader being coached. So that's a little bit different than that the, is different uh, because program. even as I prompted you with the question and I said, "Hey, how is it different than the standard leadership development cohort program?" I even said content. I mm-hmm. said about coming together, whether it's once a month, and there's a little bit of content, and then there's a bit of sharing and and coaching. So it's interesting that you use that to draw the distinction. So if I hear you right, when they come together for group coaching, it's not content driven. It's driven by what the participants are saying they want to be focusing on and learning. Exactly. And a lot of that learning is occurring in between each of the group sessions. And a lot of that learning is supported in group coaching with a peer coaching relationship, which is really important to um, the participants, the leaders, and the individual coaching goal each uh, leader has. So you've got that really powerful foundation and thirst that's built up sort of as the basis of the program and where each program goes is dependent on that. So how, and your next question might be, I'm kind of anticipating, well, <laughs> hey, wait, what are you, doing? What, you know, what content do you use, right? <laughs> Go ahead. What do you think it is? Go ahead. Yeah. Well, I might be wrong about this, but I'd be wondering, <laughs> well, wait, if it's not content-based, what do you actually use? And yes. so we typically give each participant, uh, each leader, uh, five or six books, um, the best-in-class latest books on uh, leadership development, change management, um, how teams work, and so on. And we dip into those based on the focus and energy of the leaders. Mm-hmm. So typically we would start with some work on neuroscience because most people are interested in learning more about what their habitual ways of thinking are and how, in fact, they have access to changing those. And we also use neuroscience as a change model because it seems to make pretty good sense. It's not only how my brain works, but how does everyone's brains work. Mm. So we like to start there, and we'll typically start with some work in uh, one or more of David Rock's books. And then we'll move from that to some work together on coaching, because peer coaching is such an important part of the program, and leaders need to get some idea how to do that successfully with each other. And then from that point on, it really is totally driven by the energy and um, the development goals of people in the group. And we have all those great books to dip in and out of and be a source for us of everyone learning um, in between the group sessions. Oh, that makes good sense. And um, does this work for any level of leadership team, or is it best suited for you know, your C-suite or your senior leaders? What do you think? 
Well, you know, it's funny you say that because I've worked at every level from supervisor through executive, and I would say that the thirst to grow and develop is pretty universal among people, and most people are thrilled at the opportunity. And, in fact, sometimes I find that the lower uh, I go in an organization, the closest to first-line supervision, the hungrier people are for, well, what does it mean to be a leader and how can I be the best leader I can be? I think the higher I go with groups, and this is particularly true in uh, intact teams for team coaching, the question becomes, where am I allowing myself to be vulnerable and where's my growth despite the fact I'm very successful. Mm -hmm. So you get a different feel and emphasis from leaders at different levels, but I haven't found any level being particularly better or worse for group coaching. I've found pretty fantastic support at every level where I've worked. Interesting, isn't it? Yes, it's totally interesting. Now, each group is so different, and just like a one-on-one coaching engagement Leanne, you you know, you're going to find each one is, um, there are some similarities in that the the content is leadership, right? But what happens from session to session and what happens um, overall is uh, infinitely customizable. So I have have two thoughts at the same time, so I'll give you choice here. Okay. One is to talk a little bit more about where you're seeing this work take off. And then the other piece of me wants to dive into some of the specifics around, you know, how long does an engagement last and what drives the timeline? Where do you think we should go? Well, you know, I'd kind of like to explore what the model is a little more, and then I think it'd be great to get into, you know, where, where, where companies are finding it useful or organizations are finding it useful. So, okay. so um, yeah, tell me about the model. How long it lasts? Is there one coach? Are there multiple coaches? Yeah. How many people? Okay, good stuff. I have a model that I've been working with for a long time. And when I started doing, uh, thinking about group coaching and figuring out, well, how could this work? I actually did some pro bono work at the local transitional housing shelter and the homeless shelter here in my community to get a sense of, well, what what could this look like? Mm -hmm. And then I moved it into pro bono work with a client at the time, and then finally into uh, organizations where I've pretty much used the same model for the last seven or eight years. And the way that works, and it's described in my book in more detail, but it's basically a six-month program, and I like to start with an individual one-on-one coaching session with each leader, Usually we have 12 leaders in the group coaching program, and there are a total of three one-on-one coaching conversations with the executive coach. They're at the beginning, the middle, and the end. And then we meet usually as a group for a couple of hours every, uh, between two and four weeks, depending on calendars. And then in between each group session, the participant leaders uh, usually spend about three hours on coaching practice, uh, I mean leadership development practice with their peer coach and doing some reading. So they're accountable for about three hours every three to four weeks of their own work and work with their peer coach. So that's pretty much the model. And I found one of my design principles actually was how can you get the biggest bang for your buck. Mm -hmm. How can 
developing leaders happen with the least amount of time away from work and the most ability for transformation and shift. And that has helped me quite a bit in positioning the program before it begins that, you know, this is not a huge investment of time. It, it takes place over time because that's how development occurs. Mm-hmm. And let me make sure I got this. So in a six-month program, um, there's um, three one-on-one sessions with the coach, with you, and then the group, the leaders come together uh, how many times? For six times. Six times. And those group sessions last how long? Two hours. Two hours. And then they have about three hours between, right? Three hours of work in between, right, that they schedule on their own, right? Yeah. On their own time. And you ask about coaches. So Megas, my company, has uh, six or seven certified group coaches who work uh, with companies and organizations doing the program. There's one coach per program. And when we work together with our various clients, we also work as, as if we are in our own group coaching program. In other words... Yeah, what does that mean? Yeah, well, we, we pair up as peer coaches so that we have other people going through the same thing as a coach so we can talk about, hey, this is what's working, here's what I'm not sure about. And then we also meet as a cohort of uh, leader coaches who share, well, here's where I am in my group, where are you in your group? So we're in the process of learning together and supporting each other as a mirror of what happens in the group coaching with the leaders we work with, primarily because it's a pretty high-level coaching skill to be able to take what happens in one-on-one coaching and then have that be going on with 12 people at once. Yeah, I would imagine that's a lot to hold. It is a lot to hold, and the other thing that's important in the self-management as us coaches do, and we're coaching any time, at least I do, another important thing is to not to go into a training mode or a teaching mode or a therapy mode. You know, just stick with coaching. Well, Holly, we have um, been diving into the what is group coaching. So let's go ahead and we're getting cued for a break. And then when we come back, we can pick up from there and maybe talk about what you're learning and seeing from an organizational perspective. How's that sound? That's great. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790, 866-472-5790, Voice America Business Network. Founded in 2012, the Institute for Transformational Leadership, ITL, is an international center for inquiry, research, and education about the nature and requirements of leadership in the 21st century. Our mission is to develop and sustain worldwide communities of transformational leaders and leadership coaches dedicated to awakening, engaging, and supporting the leadership required in the world today to create a more sustainable and compassionate future. 
We currently offer three cohort-based certificate programs, the ICF Accredited Certificate in Leadership Coaching, the Executive Certificate in Transformational Leadership, and a Certificate in Facilitation. We also offer a range of ICF Certified Advanced Coach Education courses for experienced leadership coaches. For more information about our programs and how to apply, visit scs.georgetown.edu forward slash ITL. Email ITLprograms at georgetown.edu or call 202-687-7000. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. Listening to Inside Transformational Leadership, produced by Georgetown University's Institute for Transformational Leadership. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please send an email to itlprograms at georgetown.edu. Here again is your host. Thank you for being with us today. I'm Leanne Worcester Nafee, and I'm talking with coach and author Holly Williams on the topic of group and team coaching. And before the break, we were diving deeply into the model that you use, Holly, that has come from your experience of um, doing this for 15 years across many different organizations. So I was wondering if we could pick up with one more piece on that, on the mechanics of it before we shift gears. Are you okay with that? Yeah, that'd be great. So I was thinking about you bring, um, it's a six-month program, up to 12 leaders. They come together once a month. There's so many sessions. And I'm just thinking about the leaders who are a little skeptical about coming in. So their company has said, yes, we want to do this. And, hey, Leanne, you're a member of this group now. And Leanne's going, oh, I don't know about this. I already have a really full plate and a lot of work to do. And maybe my peer, um, Tom, says, you know what, I haven't had great group experiences in the past, and now you want me to be vulnerable amongst my peers. Um, So what do you say to the different points of resistance like that? That's a great question, and um, I think anyone who works with groups of people has to be sensitive to the variations in, you know, introversion, extroversion of leaders and how much this fills them with dread or positivity or whatever. So I think it's an outstanding question. I would tell you that um, the reputation coaching has is really strong in most organizations, and most people on hearing they have an opportunity for coaching are pretty excited. Mm-hmm. I do try to work with clients to make sure before people are named uh, to a program that we kind of do away with the voluntold ones. In other words, mm-hmm. in the same way that um, executive coaching is migrated from coaching to um, help leaders who aren't doing well to a good to great play where we're working with leaders to help them go from being good to great and it's Mm -hmm. seen as a positive 
differential investment. In the same way, I think for uh, group coaching programs, there's that sensitivity to we really don't want to use this as a performance management opportunity. Mm-hmm. It's really more a, a true leadership development opportunity and an investment in the future here. So going in, we do the best we can to have the client choose a list of people who may be more receptive mm-hmm. and to position it in such a way that it's a good thing, not not a bad thing. So that's one piece of it. But the other piece I think that's really important in the design is that we start, uh, all of us uh, group coaches, we start with a one-on-one with each leader so we can really get to know them and they get to know us and we can help them be able to begin that self-reflection and self-awareness journey to figure out, hey, here's, here are the areas I'm really good as a leader and here's where I need to build more capacity. And interestingly enough, for some people who are a little shy about being in a group, where they say they want to develop and need to develop is feeling, being able to be authentic in a group, feeling more comfortable speaking up, feeling more comfortable being real. Mm -hmm. So if they self-identify that at the beginning, that that's something that they want to work on, then they're in the perfect place because it's a real opportunity to be yourself and grow as a leader with people that maybe aren't in your intact team or maybe aren't uh, your very closest colleagues, but just other leaders you know in the organization. Well, you said a lot there that I think is really important, and um, I guess what came up as I was listening was safety and trust. So um, maybe I'm a leader who is quiet and introspective and needs time on my own to reflect and process uh, before I can go in and participate in something like this, mm-hmm. and then again after. And so if I've got an opportunity to work with a coach one-on-one, it seems to me that, that building that safety and trust would be just vital to me being able to step in then to that group conversation. Is that right? Yeah, that's absolutely right. I think that's true about any coaching that we do, that that's absolutely critical And I also think that people find their own way in. Mm -hmm. And so when people show up in a group, they're likely to show up the way they've shown up before, given what we know about habitual ways of thinking and behaving. We just do what we've always done. And so I think the whole process of really opening up and declaring yourself a learner and being really open to growing is one that people experience throughout the six-month program. Mm-hmm. And I've had people say to me in the last uh, one-on-one coaching, and that's after the last group session, say, gee, what a, what a great experience. And I, it took me like half the program to get it, you know. So, yeah. and, <laughs> and I funny. think I was just going to ask you, know? you about that. I was just yeah. going to say, what are you hearing at the other end? So what kind of outcomes are you seeing and experiencing and and the measures of success from your perspective as the group coach can you say i know that's a that's big because you're working across so many groups yeah. but are there some some themes maybe 
Uh, yes. Yeah. So I would just say as a generic statement that it's pretty much the kind of feedback you're going to get from um, elite, one-on-one executive or leadership coaching. People have an opportunity to build more capacity where they want to, and they're incredibly um, excited about moving forward and continuing to grow and develop themselves as leaders. So that's the thing that um, we, we stress in any kind of coaching is that it's a process that this is a six-month piece of it, but it's an ongoing opportunity to, to self-coach and to develop. So uh, we're finding very similar themes in the evaluations, but there's, there are a couple of other things that happen as well in group coaching, and I think one of them's one of them is summed up uh, best by what one of the participants said to me recently, and that is, for the first time, it feels really comfortable for me to just be authentic in a group at work, and I'd never really experienced that before. And now that I know what that feels like, I want to take that into the rest of my work life. Mm. And so those kinds of experiences in working with a group of people and learning from each other and trusting yourself and others to be able to, you know, get real and be real is it can be really powerfully transformational for individuals and for a culture. Well, that is that is you said a lot there and I'm wondering then after the coaching is completed, after the engagement is done, and you've built this capacity and people have dropped into more of their genuine selves and maybe are able to communicate that um, more consistently. How do they keep that going? Yeah, well, that's the other cool thing because I found this out almost accidentally by being back in organizations where I run into people I've worked with in a group, say, three or four years earlier, and I've learned not to be surprised when they tell me that they are still meeting as a group. Ah. With their <laughs> now, sometimes they've changed the venue from a conference room to you know happy hour down the street. But um, <laughs> hey, whatever works. Yes, and for some people, some people will tell me they're they've, they're still meeting with their peer coach. So there's a lot of pay it forward in this program, and that you really have some believers in development and development together, leadership development together, and that can be really powerful in continuing on through the organization. The other thing I, should, I would tell you is that we're not content-based, but each of the leaders are exposed to a bunch of great, um, you know, digestible tools and ways of thinking about development that are really easy to take back to team members and others in the organization. And we're really thrilled to have that happen because, again, these are materials available in the public domain. So a lot of people have um, been, a lot of leaders have been able to take what they've learned forward and um, into, back into their organizations in the way that Stephen Covey, I think, used to talk about third-person teach where, you know, you, you share what you've learned in a, in a really powerful way. So a lot of that seems to be happening. Now, I only hear about that anecdotally, and I haven't mm-hmm. had an opportunity yet to partner with an organization and go back in two or three years later and say, hey, what, what are you noticing? But I, I do tend to keep up with the individuals and with the 
leaders and organizations. That's great. And it sounds like you may have the bones for another book, Holly. I do. I actually <laughs> did into from it. The, from the anecdotal evidence, right? So yeah. <laughs> you've gone from being coached to now that you've been coached, what's next? Yes, absolutely. I love what that. What happened? Being coached to been coached. I think that's cute. Hey, there you go. we got a new title for you. Thank you. So I'm wondering if we can um, veer a little bit into the coach's chair on this. We've been talking about the leadership and the leaders and the organizations, but you said something really intriguing um, maybe about 10 minutes back of, that coaching is about as much of our own development as it is of the development of the leaders and the groups that we're supporting. So I'm intrigued by that. Can you say more about your coaches and how you all stand in that statement? Yeah. Yes, I'd be happy to. And I just want to give a shout-out to um, Georgetown for being the place where I first recognized in the um, coaching program how I was totally in the right field because I finally had permission to learn and grow and read books all on the job. So <laughs> at Georgetown, it was made really clear that, you know, leadership is an ever-going, never-ending, you know, always-going-on process, yes. and so is coaching leaders. Yes. So um, that happened first in Georgetown, and I have found that to be true in my own practice of coaching individuals and also coaching groups and teams that that the coach is learning as much and growing as much as um, are the leaders he or she is working with. And that's why it seems really important to support coaches who are going through their own development uh, while they're being group coaches. So... um how, what are you all learning about yourself as coaches? What does it take, I guess, to do this kind of work? When you think about, I don't know if it's skills, if it's capacity, training, but what does that require? What does group coaching require of you as a coach? I think it requires the same things of us as um, one-on-one executive coaching does, and I would characterize that as being able to listen without judgment, being able to be present in the moment, and being able to manage um, anything that comes up for us individually that gets in the way of, of, of those two things. And then I think the final thing is the capacity to really dance in the moment and be uh, intuitive and sensitive and follow really the lead of the leader. And in this case, you have 12 leaders. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm how do you lot. create, yeah, so how do you kind of create that? Because the coach has to do some creating of those openings and that structure, and we know that from our one-on-one work, Mm -hmm. that, you know, leaders aren't necessarily used to that level of partnership and that level of being accountable, but they're accountable for their leadership and we're accountable for the coaching. So Mm -hmm. kind of creating that, um, that space to, for those things to happen 
while managing your sort of worry that, well, what if people haven't done their homework and yeah. what if, you know, all kinds of things can happen. People are late. People leave early. You know, mm-hmm. things just happen. So managing your reaction to um, the things that show up in the group coaching that aren't really what you would prefer, you know. Well, it sounds, though, that there is some structure to this. I mean, aside from the model, right, there is um, a structure. There's a lot of space. If I've got this down right, there's a lot of space for each individual to be um, working on the development that's unique to them, right? Yes, yes. And, And yet there are some rails that the coach is putting down for all the participants. And I would say does that, that comes in the form of some of the books and the topics that you introduce, but yeah. not in terms of introducing, like, I'm going to get you through this content, but here are some um, things to know and to um, familiarize yourself with, and then what, if anything, do they want to do with that? Is that, am I getting that right? That's right. And the other piece of it I don't think I've been as clear about as I could is, the idea in the same way that um, there's homework in between each session when you're doing individual coaching. We also have homework, um, and, and I did mention that they're reading and practices and so on. Mm-hmm. And to the extent that they can be co-created, they are, and sometimes it looks like the coach is being more directive there. Okay. So if we're talking the you know, straight ICF model where everything is co-created. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure that's going to happen early on in a group coaching session, but maybe it could. Okay, I gotcha. So from, um, I, one of the things I always like our listeners to walk away with from the conversation is like a tip, a tool, a technique, something, and... um I'm wondering, from your experience as a group coach and then working with other group coaches, because you kind of teach and train them and, and support other group coaches to do this work, is there something that comes from the group work that, you know, might be um, a, a takeaway for our listeners today? That's really big. I mean, I know that's a really big question. Yeah, that, well, that is a big question, and I know I you just, can do it. I think. Well, I'm going back to what I said earlier about that level of authenticity, and I think that that's sort of our strive. What we strive for as as humans is to sort of figure out who we are and what can we contribute. And I think coaching is a wonderful way for people to uh, figure out who they are as individuals. In one-on-one coaching, it's who they are in partnership with one other person. And then really in group coaching, it's being able to be that total authentic person in a, in a group of people. And so, Holly, I'm going to step in. I gave you a yeah. really big question, and you mm-hmm. are starting to answer it in a nice, specific way. And we're just queued up for a break. So okay. I'll give you another minute, and we'll, we'll, we'll start right back up with that. Perfect. So this is Leanne okay. Worcester-Nafee. It's Inside Transformational Leadership, and we'll be right back. Mm-hmm. 
whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Founded in 2012, the Institute for Transformational Leadership, ITL, is an international center for inquiry, research, and education about the nature and requirements of leadership in the 21st century. Our mission is to develop and sustain worldwide communities of transformational leaders and leadership coaches dedicated to awakening, engaging, and supporting the leadership required in the world today to create a more sustainable and compassionate future. We currently offer three cohort-based certificate programs, the ICF Accredited Certificate in Leadership Coaching, the Executive Certificate in Transformational Leadership, and a Certificate in Facilitation. We also offer a range of ICF Certified Advanced Coach Education courses for experienced leadership coaches. For more information about our programs and how to apply, visit scs.georgetown.edu forward slash ITL. Email ITLprograms at georgetown.edu or call 202-687-7000. the markets up or down or if you're looking to improve your portfolio our experts are ready to talk to you call now toll free 866-472-5790 that's 866-472-5790 voice america business network Listening to Inside Transformational Leadership, produced by Georgetown University's Institute for Transformational Leadership. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please send an email to itlprograms at georgetown.edu. Here again is your host. Thank you once again for being with us this morning. I'm Leanne Worcester-Nafee, and I've been talking with Holly Williams, coach, entrepreneur, faculty member and author of Being Coached, Group and Team Coaching from the Inside, and that's been our topic. So before we took the break, I asked you, Holly, a really big question, and, and uh, then I cut you off for the break. So you were starting down an important path around authenticity, and my question was, you know, from all this experience that you have as a group coach, is there a tip, a tool, a technique, or a question that you might leave our listeners with that they can take from the conversation today. Yes. Um, thank you for um, <laughs> bringing me back to authenticity because I think it's such an important concept for us as leaders and coaches. I think that people are going to always respond to authenticity, and that's one of the things I learned in my improv work. It, strangely enough, when you allow people to assume an improv role, their authenticity just comes out and is really compelling. So I think the question is noticing for each of us, where am I my most authentic? How does that feel? And what happens when I am authentic is a great way to be kind of growing in the world and seeing where your next challenge is. Mm. 
That's great. Thank you for that. Sure. And then when we started at the beginning of the hour and learning about your model and how you work and think about group coaching, you said that there were uh, several books that you use. And I'm wondering if there's some a book that you'd like to recommend besides yours. <laughs> huh. and, um, and Or is there something in that that you find um, a tool or a way of thinking that you use repeatedly with groups? It just always seems to come up and it resonates. Well, two things come to mind, and I briefly mentioned both of them. One is neuroscience as yes, a change management model, and I think that people like it. It's new. It's something's coming out all the time, and learning more about how each of us are thinking and being receptive to how different we all are and how people change their minds and so on, all that is usually pretty compelling for leaders, and I find it fascinating myself. So that whole discipline of neuroscience is, um, is, a, is a super way to expand your idea of what's possible. The, the second thing is the whole coach approach to leading, which is basically shifting from a tell model to an ask model. And for a lot of leaders, that's a huge shift that really allows them to build their leadership capacity and scale their contribution to be able to help others step forward. And there's a great book um, by Liz Wiseman named Multipliers that is a really super way to see how that works. She's done a ton of research, and um, it's a really good book. That's great. Thank you for that. And um, it's interesting that you said about coaching and shifting the perspective from asking versus telling because in your book, Being Coached, um, which you tell, what I love is it's, um, stories, and it's all from the participants' perspective and their experience of coming into the group coaching meetings as well as talking to their coach and the peer coaching. And one thing I picked up as I was reading through it was the lazy coaching model. And I was intrigued because I had never heard that before. Yeah, there's a terrific coach out of Canada called Michael Bungay-Stanier, and he uh, is the originator of a ton of really simple coaching models, which when people are trying to shift their always way of being, it's nice to have something really simple. And the lazy coaching model is a great example of that. And so, will you tell everybody what that is? I'm more than happy to. You so when someone ask comes that, right? and asks you a question, um, you're, you, instead of spitting out an answer, you respond with, well, what, what have you thought of? And then um, they might look at you like you've just lost your mind. It depends on how often you spit out <laughs> answers. But basically that will get you into shifting the um, accountability to the person asking the question and also allowing you to understand how they're thinking about things. So you can, you know, really just make something happen right there rather than just give an answer. And for a lot of leaders, that's a huge light bulb that their job in life is not just spitting out answers. It's really building the capacity of the people around them to step forward. Right, and, and that can be a bit scary because we often uh, get promoted because of our functional expertise, right? And as we're rising up, we're known for giving answers and solving problems. And so then that's what we're used to doing. We take a lot of pr- 
pride in that, and we want to be able to help people and get things done. And we, and so that's a huge mind shift to be able to say, well, I don't always have to be the one that knows all the answers to everything that's coming in the door today. Yes, that's absolutely right. And that's what's so satisfying for me about coaching in the middle of organizations or coaching new supervisors or group coaching anywhere in the organization is helping people make that shift. So this is um, this is a good segue, Holly. I'm, I'm curious, out of the years that you've been doing this, um, what's been your own personal aha? Well, I think the big aha for me has been to be able to let go and bring other coaches in and feel... Uh, confident about whatever happens is what needs to happen because like some of the leaders I've worked with, I needed to scale my uh, approach and to really be able to see what was replicatable um, with other coaches. So that's been a huge opportunity for me and it's just been really wonderful in so many ways and probably one of the harder things I've done. Mm-hmm. So. Well, I, uh, to me, it feels like you're walking your talk, right? You know, you're, right. you're a, a leader, an entrepreneur of your own business, and uh, so you are um, butting up against issues that, of the leaders that you're working and coaching with. Yes. So it's, so it's, it's that it's whole thing about self-awareness and building capacity, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It absolutely is. Yeah. That sounds great. So um, what else should do you want to make sure that you say about group or team coaching that you haven't had a chance to, to mention today? Well, one of the things um, I wanted to make sure people heard is that um, there are a lot of reasons why organizations might decide group coaching would be valuable. One of them is that they love how coaching works and they want to make it accessible to more people in a more affordable way. So... Uh, I certainly have clients in that situation. I also have a couple of clients who are using it to shift their culture. One of them is uh, trying to shift to less siloed culture and more collaborative Mm. and seeing that group coaching of leaders in different parts of the organization can make that happen. The other is going through a culture shift and wants um, HR to take the lead in modeling the way in terms of focusing on development, being willing to grow, and really taking a coach approach to uh, leading. So they're, you know, they're kind of generic ways. I want to improve leadership in my organization, and they're also more targeted ways. So um, shifting the culture, is a, that's, that's big, important work. And I'm wondering about how, how can group coaching do that? Can you say a little bit about the ripple effect in a way that we can get? Well, I think that, sure, I think that for organizations who choose leaders more in the middle, who they see as um, change agents and high-potential leaders, as those people shift into uh, building their capacity and also seeing it's really about everybody, not just them. Mm-hmm. And sometimes high potential leaders get really focused on, you know, how great I am as opposed to how can we bring everyone along. So I think that uh, in and of itself 
creates a shift. I think the other thing that needs to happen in companies is that, uh, that with matrix management is that realizing that what your colleagues think and how to work collaboratively is hugely important for dealing with everything organizations are dealing with. And so group coaching is essentially a laboratory in that. And uh, people learn, again, as I said earlier, how to be their authentic selves and how really to create something that couldn't have been created unless there are a bunch of people there. Yeah. Where are you seeing this work take off? Are there certain types of organizations that seem to be uh, better suited for this? Well, I've seen organizations who want to differentially invest in um, diverse populations have been really excited about having that be coaching because mm. um, it essentially gives those who have, an, who have access to leadership coaching um, a, a, a leg up in developing who they are and building their capabilities and capacity. So that's one area. And then another area, I think, are organizations um, who see themselves on uh, the cutting edge of uh, anything, innovation uh, in their fields or development or any particular area where they see themselves as wanting to be uh, at the forefront. Because I very much see, you know, coaching is definitely on the leading edge of that, and group coaching is um, right there with it in terms of being something that, you know, we didn't know about 15 years ago. Well, and and it's interesting that you said that because I know when you and I were talking in preparation for our interview today that I was I was calling it a niche, like a specialty and a niche, and you are passionate about this and actually um, said, well, we're we're I, my hope is to build this out that it's not a niche that it is more mainstream, right? Absolutely, because I think we need to democratize coaching and make it available to more than just those you know, who can afford a one-on-one conversation with a coach. So I definitely see this as an important part of um, shifting the culture and really helping organizations and individuals focus on leadership and leadership together in a group. And um, is there any advice um, that you have to organizations who might be thinking about it? They're listening and they go, okay, I'm I'm intrigued. I I think we might... might want to give this a go, what kinds of questions should they be asking themselves? Well, I think uh, with any program, it's uh, can you get support uh, from the top of the organization to uh, really uh, support this effort because it does take resources and it does take time, and what is the appetite for um, really going into something that is... um, a little bit innovative, and depending on where your organization or how your organization views coaching, then you know that's an, that potentially can be a plus or a minus. Gotcha. And I know that um, you've got another book coming out this fall, so I've got my eye we're on the time, and I know we're getting toward the end of the program, and I want to make sure that we find a little bit out about this new book. What's this one about, and what are you thinking and doing? Well, thanks for asking about it. This one is about uh, building a coaching culture, and it's really looking at how organizations can get more innovation and commitment and collaboration 
going in uh, their, their, with their people. And so I've got, uh, like the first book, there are some actual stories of a couple of leaders who were able to make the shift themselves from being a more traditional boss who tells people what to do to being uh, more focused on asking questions. So it sounds like you've got a lot going on and that you are learning so much and then bringing this out in a way that individual leaders and groups of leaders and coaches and organizations can really make some powerful, important steps forward in a new direction. Holly you should be really happy and excited about, uh, about what you've achieved. Um, so we are nearing the end of the program today, and it's just been an interesting and fun conversation with you, Holly. Thank you for, for being with me. And for the listeners who would like to follow your work, where could they find more information out about you? Hey, thank you, Leanne. It's been a great for me, too. I always learn something. Um, so they, people can go to my website, which is um, com. And I have information there about uh, the work I'm doing and my team is doing. And can you spell that? Is it Mangus or Magus? Magus, M-A-G-U-S-G-R-O-U-P.com. There you go. Thanks. Well, I also want to encourage listeners to get a copy of your book, Being Coached, Group and Team Coaching from the Inside. It's an easy, important read. And um, I thank you again, Holly. It's been a delight having you on the program. And uh, you've been listening to Inside Transformational Leadership, sponsored by Georgetown University's Institute for Transformational Leadership. We will be back next week with another interesting conversation about leading in the 21st century. So I hope you'll join us. Have a great week, everyone. Thank you for joining us this week on Inside Transformational Leadership. Please tune in for another edition next Monday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our programs, please visit scs.georgetown.edu forward slash ITL. We'll talk again next week.